Hello, you're listening to episode 10 of the Roasting Room Soundboard Podcast, hosted by Jordan Ross, Todd Coward, and Trevor Harden. In this episode, we talk to Kim Ritchie, discuss the moonshine and Corey Chambers jazz band, get some fresh takes on jazz with The Bad Plus, and reminisce about the week prior, all while sampling a fine bullet rye. Let's begin. Welcome, everyone, to episode 10 of the Roasting Room Soundboard Podcast. I am Jordan Ross. I'm Todd Cowart. I'm Trevor Harden. We're happy. It's number 10. We did it. Double digits. Man, 10 weeks. That's a lot of weeks. Feels right. Mm -hmm. If we were a baby, we would have doubled our weight. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I have nothing to say. Throwing some truth bombs around. I don't know. That's probably true. You're the closest to have the the youngest children. Oh, well. It all just it just it all disappears in my brain somewhere. Yeah, it gets clogged up with malted <laughs> hops and other things. And the stuff that we're imbibing That's currently. Right. Well, fellows, we got an interesting week coming up. We've got Kim Ritchie coming on Friday night, and uh, she's going to be bringing her four-piece band, A List Superstar. Yep. I'm excited. We we have an interview with her later on in the podcast, and. Yes, this is going to be one of those shows that, for our dear listeners, if you happen to miss this show, you will be sad. You'll be very sad that you missed it. There's no question that if you have ever enjoyed anything at the Roasting Room, you will enjoy this as much or more than anything you've ever seen. This is an iconic show that will be talked about at the Roasting Room going forward. Totally. Totally agree. Storyteller style. Yeah. And when we were digging in to this interview and trying to figure out what we were going to talk about, we realized that she is extremely connected. She's been signed to Mercury Nashville for 10 years, and then she has been you know, bouncing around to other labels. But we were talking about Bill Bottrell, her producer in 2002, and the contributions that he's made to music is incredible. Mm-hmm. For instance. For instance, Michael Jackson and Sheryl Crow, Madonna, that guy's produced or worked on music with, the greats and he worked on her album as well yeah in 2000 and really changed her sound and we're gonna we're gonna dig into that in the interview with her and hear from her um about that as well should we cut should we cut to the interview yeah let's do that let's roll the interview with kim ritchie here on the roasting room soundboard all right so we are here with kim ritchie hi kim hello lovely to have you here on the podcast well thanks for having me full disclosure you and i have a common relative uh, in the form of brian hager who is my uncle. Brian's my cousin. Is he first cousin, second cousin? What is he? Yeah, first cousin. Yeah, we grew up together. He, His family, uh, their house was just right at the bottom of our little cul-de-sac. Yeah, I was, give, I was given your first album um, when I was 12. And I said, uh-huh. I, I'm like, who is this person, A? But B, I was like, wow, this is great music. And I was, I was struck. It was really great. Oh, thanks. Cool. Thanks. So anyway, let's let's talk about this weekend. Uh, you're bringing a band with you. You're not going to come just solo. Uh, can you let us in on a little instrumentation you're going to bring with you? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, I have uh, Dan Cohen is playing guitar and singing, electric guitar. And then uh, Billy Harvey is going to play bass and sing as well. And Steve Eby is playing drums. So it'll be the four of us. Um, and we just played a gig uh, last night, and the, the guys sound great. It was really fun. Great. How long have you guys played together? We've played together since last night. (laughs) (laughs) So these guys are total hired hands. You're just bringing them in. 
Well, I, I hope, I hope the, uh, I just met a couple of them because uh, Dan played on my record that I just finished. So nice. that's how I met him. And I met Billy um, years ago in Austin. I was there for a little bit and uh, he's just moved up to Nashville. So we're, we're kind of new getting together, but I hope we can play a whole bunch more because it was really, really fun. Oh man, that's, that's very interesting. That's going to be cool. Yeah. Nice. Well, we, we were going to have this whole conversation about how you got kind of started in all the business, but we realized that NPR did a great interview with you about 10 years ago. Um, and we're going to link that into our show notes so that they can have a listen to that interview um, with all things considered. But we wanted to know who in your life, maybe early on, kind of pushed you towards getting into Nashville and going and, and even maybe signing with, with who you signed with. Well, um, I was uh, I was in a band with uh, a friend of mine called Bill Lloyd, and he was in a, a country duo called Foster and Lloyd. And um, he, Bill and I played in a band together in college at Western Kentucky University. And I hadn't done music in years and years, and I was living up in Bellingham, Washington. And Bill and Radney came through on a tour, and uh, they were they kind of talked me into coming down to Nashville. So, and I came with my boyfriend and it was in 88 and, uh, it was just, well, I didn't think anything would come of it really. And, uh, and, but that's how I got to Nashville was mostly hmm. Bill's fault really. Well, thanks Bill. <laughs> so you, you mentioned Radney, so Radney Foster is who you're talking about. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you sang on some of his music as well in the, in the late eighties and early nineties. Yeah, I sang on his first solo record. We had a, a song, and there was a song on there that he and I wrote that was the first number one I had, too, so that was pretty cool. But my favorite thing was getting to sing on the record, though. Yeah, and you did that a lot before you, it seemed like a lot, at least, until you got signed. Um, was that maybe one of the catalysts that got you signed? Um, I don't know. You know, I actually sang more once I was uh, on a label myself, mm -hmm. saying more on uh, a lot of different people's records, but I I think every every little thing that you know you can put together helps. Sure. The, you know every little uh, the more people know about you in town, yeah. Definitely. Now I I spent some time with your discography this week, especially, um, and I, I really noticed a marked change when Bill Bottrell came in in 2002 and did your Rise album. I went from uh -huh. It really went from a you know more of a you know country feel to really kind of a raw immediate type of sound. What what did Bill? How did he get you to that place in the studio? Did he did he? I don't know. What what did he bring to the table that that made you get to that point? Well, it was a really different uh, record uh, experience for me. It was a blast. I loved it. It's one of my most favorite favorite ones I ever recorded. But um, he heard some of my demos and like when I like little home demos, you know, on a recorder or something. Mm -hmm. And when I'm working on songs, I sing pretty quiet and not as singy, mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. Sure. And uh, and he heard, you know, some of those things. And he said, you know, he said he liked me singing like that. You know, it just sounded that he liked the sound of that. And, and I always did, too. And uh, so anyway, uh, that was a little bit different. And then also this was the first record that I ever uh, wrote songs in a band type situation. Ah. And that was really fun because, you know, if I'm just here by myself or with one other person, 
you know, that, that, especially if I'm by myself, I'm kind of limited uh, with my guitar playing and stuff, but you know, to have a whole band, it's really, really inspiring. And it's just that many more people to add ideas to the whole thing. It's really, I really enjoyed it. And I got to, since I wasn't having to play guitar, I could do kind of more different things with uh, melodies than if I were left to my own devices, you know, yeah, cause uh, they were playing and I could sing melodies over top of what they were playing. Uh, so good. I mean, in a, in a place called home, I know it's, it's the top of your iTunes list. Uh, but it's such an, uh, just a raw, a raw song. I don't know. Like it really struck me as, I don't know, just, it's very emotive and I, I really enjoyed it a lot. Oh, thank you. Yeah. That would, that would kind of made me, me, uh, choke up a little bit when I was singing it. It was real. That was our first, that was the first take that we did on that. Wow. That was like, that's it. We're done. Wow. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was really great to work with. That's awesome. Well, we, let's let's fast forward. Uh, your your newest album, Thorn in My Heart, is incredible, and your your work tapes version is my favorite version. Oh, cool! Well, Thank be, you. Well, because of all of the, I mean, because you can hear where those songs came from, and you can hear, you know, how you you got um, other people to sing on there, and it's just. What can you explain? What the works tape version? Is? I will. Yeah, the works tape version is basically. And you can explain, Kim, if you'd like, um, what what oh, you did no, differently on the on the works tape version. You basically just did every song that was cut was also demoed as well and placed on an iTunes. Um, it's just another like an, a deluxe edition. Cool. What made you yeah. What made you decide to do the work tapes version? Gosh, I don't I don't really remember to tell you the truth. I thought I thought it would be a cool idea, um, as you know, an extra something, and then we just decided to put it in, uh, you know, in, uh, download into all the CDs. And so, so yeah, that, that I, so, you know, we just decided to just let everybody have it. But I mean, I always, I, I always like to hear, uh, you know, like you said, like where songs come from and, you know, see, see people do kind of stripped down versions of things. So I thought people might like it. They, they do. I do. (laughs) Well, the, uh, uh, and also, I am just continued to be amazed at your the strength of your songwriting. It has not. I mean, it's only gotten stronger since you started. Um, and are you willing to divulge any particular subjects or anything of your work on Throne in My Heart? I mean, it's a pretty it's a pretty dark record. I mean, there's some there's some uh, darkness there. You don't have to. You it, don't have to. No, I'm think I'm trying to think. It's it's. Is you it know, pro- it's, is it it's prose? Kind of, it's all over the shop, really, because yeah. of. Some of the songs are older songs. Okay. That uh, and then some some that I wrote, um, you know, like like "Thorn in My Heart" came from Nielsen and I just sitting down talking about you know family and relationships and everything like that. But a lot of times songs uh, get started uh, by lyrically ideas just by sitting around talking, like you know, catching up when you haven't seen each other for a while. Oh, nice. But that's where. That's where that was, and I'm trying to think of some of the other songs. The uh, Angel Share came from, uh, I was messing around on the computer one day, and I saw a link to that magazine, Garden and Gun, mm-hmm. and and I thought that was a, a hilarious title. I'd yeah. never heard of the magazine before. Oh, it's, so it's I, pretty popular I down here. Onto it to mostly to make fun of it, and like... In about five minutes, I had my billfold out, and I was subscribing. I was getting a subscription to it. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's so but good. It's a super cool magazine. But anyway, I was telling my friend Tom Utes that I wrote that song with that uh, I had this magazine, and he asked me if I'd seen this you know, article on single-barrel bourbons, and we got to talking about that. And he said, 
he thought that uh, the term angel share would be a good idea for a song. And uh, so I thought, yeah, that would be good. And a couple of days later, we we're supposed to get back together again. And we sat down. I mean, I sat down in the in the morning with some coffee and just the fir- the chorus just kind of came to me wow. and um, real quick. And then I went over to Tom's and he had a chorus, too, of the song. And we're, we're kind of we're different. He's like he can take any kind of song and make it into a positive thing. And I could probably take any kind of song and make it into a negative <laughs> thing. So, so I had the negative chorus and he had the positive, I don't know how he turned that one around. <laughs> he had the positive one and, and, uh, and he said, let's go with yours. So, so oh, we man. went, we went with, with that one. Love That's that. what happened with that song. It's good stuff. Well, we, I mean, we're sitting in a bourbon bar now, and I'm I'm staring at 150 bourbons on the wall. Uh, we're in the roasting room now, recording the podcast. So we we have heard of the Angel Share. We have a couple of of bottles that do talk about that as well. So that's um that's a good that's a good segue into <laughs> into the bourbon bar. Now let me talk about your your vocal contributions that you've done over the years. Um, you know, our our roasting room promo video we've we talked about you know the, the artist of today like Jason Isbell and Ryan Adams and it seemed like Ryan Adams at the time was a was a Mercury label mate with you early on Is yeah that... we were both on Lost Highway that first yeah. uh, the first round of people when they, right when they got started right and then but Jason Isbell had his own label at the time how did you land Southeastern how did you how were you able to contribute to that record well the, the funny thing was uh, uh, we got to be we got to be friends because of Twitter. Oh, he's I, he's wow. really thought, active, yeah. Yeah, I thought he was on there, and he was having a little bit of a feud with some country guy. I don't know what it was, but I thought that Jason was hilarious. Oh, and yeah. so I started following him, and then he mentioned something about a book, and then we started talking about books, and then Gretchen Peters jumped in, and we all started talking about books on, on Twitter. And so I kind of got to know him that way. And then I asked him to sing on my record, and then uh, when he went to make his record, he asked me to sing on his. That's awesome. Super cool. Song. Yeah, I love both those songs, yeah. too. Through Twitter. 21st Century Twitter. Connections. <laughs> right, right, man. The new booking agent. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Well, Kim, we are over the moon that you're coming to the roasting room here on Friday night. We cannot wait to see you and hear oh, your we're show. I'm excited. Um, any parting thoughts? Anything you want to, uh, to add? Any surprises? Any, I don't know, anything else you want to add? No, I don't have any surprises. All right. Um, I think I, we're we're leaving tomorrow, so we're all we're all kind of ready to go. So Great. we'll be we'll be heading your way, and uh, yeah, looking forward to it, man. I think it's going to be really fun. It's going to be a blast. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Kim, for sitting down all with right. us. Nice talking to you. Thanks, Kim. You so that is going to be fantastic. I, meeting people over Twitter is a thing. It How is about a that? thing. It is. Yeah. You know, and just just Jason Isbell, and I mean, here we thought it was going to be some story about. You know, yeah, their manager met the yeah, other right. manager, yeah. and they got to yeah, old school stories. But started talking about books. yeah. There's no gatekeeper. No, there's no gatekeeper. No. And Z- for the Zool. fan too, Zool is the gatekeeper. <laughs> Besides Zool, right. but for the van too. I mean, the fan can be just as that's right you know, to the detriment to some artists. Sure, you know, it's Great. a weird. It's a crazy time. It's a, it is it a is weird a crazy time. Man. It is. Well, I think about it on Instagram a lot. The way that I'm like one degree separated from so many people that I respect so deeply, you know. It's, it's yeah. I mean, to this day, to this day, it is a little strange. Like if I, like I mentioned last week, like I'll be into some comedian or something, and I'll tweet something to him, they'll 
uh, they'll like they it respond, or they'll respond. Right? I yeah, mean, it's like, just what? it is a it's a thing. I know that's not that big deal. They're just people that doing work, but it's kind of cool, right? That Definitely. never before have you been able to just say hello to somebody you're into and them to respond in some sort. I of was way. I was going to, to see John Mayer play, and I was listening to a Ryan Lerman track. And I and I tweeted, you know, I'm listening to Ryan Lerman, to, to Larry Golding's playing on Ryan Lerman's track on the way to hear John Mayer. And I tagged both of them. And Larry Golding's is playing in John Mayer's band. And Ryan Lerman and Larry Golding's like my tweet. And I'm standing like, there huh? online. I'm like, <laughs> it's a crazy world we live in. It and is and like we're all, and I've said this before, I don't know on the podcast, but like it doesn't matter who you are, how much money you have, where you are in the world, we're all staring at the same screen. And that's a heavy thing, man. That's it, heavy. It doesn't matter how much you have, because ultimately it's, you know, you've got this thing that's a foot and a half away from your face that you're looking at, and that's your, that's your window to the world, and the barrier to entry to get that window to the world, it doesn't matter who you it's are. So yeah. It's yeah. so low. It's so cool. Levels it's, the it's a field. weird yeah. world, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, but it's, it's also... And we can go to the other side of it too. All three of us in this room sit at a show and play, and we see people that are just buried in their phones. Sure. And you're like, "Where's the connection? Like, oh, I, yeah. just wanna, a, I wanna see you guys look many, up." Yep. And there's just many days I want to throw the damn thing out the window. Yeah. All the time. Oh, yeah. did you see Aziz? Uh, Aziz, Aziz quit. Did you see that this yeah. week? I was great. I, I think Aziz is great. I love I love wisdom in all my art. And not only especially that, especially in comedy, right? Yeah. And he and he cut his teeth on specifically being like marketing through the internet. That's right. So so he was he, done. J- he jumped to the complete other side, which is just like. And I, I I get it, man. I mean, how many times have I said, okay, I'm done with this. I'm gonna get a Nokia, and I'm only gonna work on my computer at home. And now you can't not be connected, sure. but I don't want it to dominate my life. I mean, we right. all have these thoughts. Yeah. I know. Oh yeah. And yeah, for the celebrities that have to then read vile spew from awful yeah, people. How do you oh, turn it yeah. off? And I've heard a few people say that they don't even look at their at replies because they just can't. Right. It hurts your it's heart too much. Too yeah. much. Right. Yeah. They're human, right? Right. They're human beings and just to have so much, you know, negative feedback. So it's a, you know, it's it's what you make it. It can be yeah. a good thing or a bad thing. Or Dude, what you choose to focus it, 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 yeah. And then you have the president that tweets at North uh, Korea and, and we all might not even have an episode 11. Maybe they'll end of it. Right. I mean, it, yeah, it, we're all connected in ways that yeah. impact each other in, in meaningful yeah, it's, ways. It's really it's heavy. It's weird, man. It's really heavy stuff. It's crazy. Yeah. Sorry, that was a deep tangent, wasn't it? <laughs> we, went, right. we went from like Jason Isabel to nuclear war. Right. <laughs> <laughs> in, less than, in less than 140 Thanks years. To Bullet Ride. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks, Bullet. Ride. Hey, let's listen to. A Place Called Home, which is the very top song on her iTunes list. A Place Called Home, off of Rise. I never liked a foreman standing over me. Over me. No, I'd rather walk a windy road. Rather know the things I know. See the world with my own eyes. No regrets, no looking back. Someday I'll go Where there ain't no rain or snow Till then I travel alone And I make my bed With the stars above my head And I dream 
So emotive. I love it. <laughs> I agree. It's beautiful. It's it just... I think it's the perfect style of music for this room. Yeah. Because I am, you're really able to allow someone to tell a story. Yes. And, to sit and there's there and, a lot of space. And drink it in. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And then probably have some nice setup before the song starts to really understand you know, where she was coming from and all that. Yeah, because I would love to know if this was prose or if this was really how she is you know, trying to live her life in those, in those lyrics. Sounds great. She's got a beautiful voice. Yeah, she does. And it's not changed a bit. So, that's Friday. Saturday, we've got the moonshine. We're going to get some bluegrass up in here and That's some right. swing. And hey, they even called me today to, to advance the show, and they said they're bringing a banjo player as well. So they went from a three-piece to a four-piece. So the moonshine are from Athens, Georgia. Awesome. Uh, that's all I got. <laughs> Those from Athens, great. They're yeah. four-piece. Four-piece, the auto harp. Auto harp. Oh, come on. Like like the thing like <laughs> yeah. from third grade? Yep. No kidding. And she plugs it into a, to an amp, like a 60s solid-state amp. Wow. Yeah. And you got, a, of course, an acoustic guitar and a doghouse bass and now a banjo. Does that make six? Mix four. Mix four. Let's try again. <laughs> okay. Let's try auto harp. I'm sorry. I'm looking at a picture of the band, and I'm, I'm, I'm seeing five people playing music. Ah. Uh, and then I heard the addition of uh, another player. So well, I, who else is in the band? Tell me more. Um, well, it's it's a moving picture. It's yeah, a they call the they call those YouTube videos. <laughs> and I see a violin. I see a guitar. You see an auto I harp. I see the harp. I see uh, a bass, and maybe that's a banjo back there. Hmm. Yeah, it is a banjo back there. So there we are. Okay, so maybe the fiddle player doesn't play with him all the time. Okay, maybe that's the maybe right. that's the deal. So yeah, they're gonna bring um, that funk down here. I've never heard of funk at auto harp. If if it, if it, if Man, there if, is, <laughs> if there is, I'm, let's do I'm that. Li- line me up, dude. Uh, there there are no limits anymore. You can, if you <laughs> want to put an auto harp through a wah wah pedal and a solid state amp, let's do that. Let's do that, man. Let's let's see how that works out. <laughs> because all I can think is like. Peter, Paul, and Mary playing auto harp. And if you would like to take a listen to the band before they get here, you could check them out at themoonshinemusic.bandcamp.com. I think we should play something from them just to maybe have a listen to what they sound like. I would love that. Let's do that. What are we going to play, Trevor? We're going to play, why don't we just take the first song off their album, The Cuckoo's Crooked Path. First song called A Sign. A Sign. Cool. Let's have a listen. Don't give me no symbols, I'll just be confused. I don't need no symbols, done and I refuse. I don't want no symbols, no charts, no graphs, no standings. Honey, all that I bought home, something I can believe in.
Love it. Those guys are going to be fun. Yeah, I think it's lots, lots of high energy stuff. Watching their YouTube clips, they're 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 a moving sort of grooving band and yeah. bring some high energy. But to be clear, they're a co-bill on Saturday night. Yes, so they will play either first or second. I think they can kind of flip a coin and figure out who wants to play first. Arm wrestle, probably. With the Corey Chambers Jazz Band yes, out of Savannah, Savannah, Georgia. Yeah, that's right. They're going to do a little, yeah, a little more swing because they do have clarinet and a trumpet. They uh, relish in the pre-war swing standards. And so what they have different going on is the trumpet clarinet uh, horn section. Hmm. Wow. Well, they've played here before with the Grand Gestures uh, probably about a full year ago. And they were incredible and had a good turnout, too. They had at least 40 people here when they played the first time, which was really great. So great. They, it's going to be a good night. And so both of them are... I'm sorry, where, where is the first one? It's from... Athens, Georgia. Athens, Athens. I'm sorry, is, that's right. Yeah. yeah, the Moonshine. Moonshine, right. And then Corey Chambers Jazz Band is from Savannah. And Corey Chambers um, plays with City Hotel. He plays with Grand Gestures. He is the the bluegrass guy in Savannah. It surprises me constantly how many... Not constantly, but every time I do this... I'm going to go constantly. Wakes me up constantly. I've never stopped... <laughs> no, what I mean, how many of these acts are coming from Savannah? I mean, especially oh, yeah. like yeah, openers and things like that. There's a lot of yeah. there's a, there's a scene over there, man. There is, and they come up here and say, "Why isn't this in Savannah?" Right. They want so badly to have a room. We're not that far just, away. We're not that far. It's, away. it's not. It's not. But it does it does scare some people to make that drive. It's well, a you know, scares it's, some people to go to Savannah too. So. It's a scary drive. <laughs> I mean, I I can't think of the last time that I went to Savannah to go to a show that wasn't at a theater like Johnny Mercer or Lucas. Like I didn't go just to go to the Jinx or to go to yeah, right. Barrel House South. That's a trip. That's a that's an actual trip. Yeah, I agree. I, I, yeah. I, I don't make it over there very much either. Yeah, so they have for the restaurants over there too. They do. Yeah. It's, but for them to come here, it would be this, you know, just kind of putting them in our shoes. It's not a, it's got to be a re- good reason. Mm-hmm. But, you know, people do, though. They do. Roasting room is a good reason. It is, it is a, good a good reason. reason. It's, it it's going, it's continuing to grow into the reason to come here. Yeah, right. it is. And we have, we have sold tickets from, you know, plenty of folks from Savannah come out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Hey, I got some uh, Corey Chambers jazz band to listen to if you'd like. Wow, let's, let's rip it, man. It. Uh, this is Baby Won't You Please Come Home. Oh, man, that's fun. Whew. 
that swinging. is the fun music. Yeah. Well, with, while this was playing, we were talking about the big band era of the 90s. Yeah, Squirrel Nut Zippers, uh, similar sound, but um, super excited to see what these guys can bring. Yeah, they're they're a blast. Well, it never went away. I mean, no, we talked about you know that there was a flash in the pan in terms of the pop music world, right. but I mean that music is timeless. There's not there's sure. no there's nobody who would not enjoy. It. Right, that was a double negative. But right. there, it's difficult to to not like that music. Sure, and we had the Ninth Street Stompers in here in March. Same kind of thing. Same thing. Yeah, mm. a lot of fun. They were a little they were a little more smoky, kind of a. I, when I say smoky, I mean like a like a smoke-filled room, ah, kind of a yes. blue, more bluesy. Okay, bluesy. Not quite as as dance hall fun. Yes, but still that same kind of sound. Cool. I always see like Betty Boop in a little dress, like yeah. like shaking <laughs> her <laughs> hips <laughs> when I hear that kind of music. That, that, Should I yeah. continue in that description? Go totally. Ahead. Keep going. Oh, no, I'm I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I like right, well, I like where your heads at. It's good. Okay. Well, this is, we've now concluded the what's coming up section. We it's did. It's time to talk about the brown section. The, the brown. The brown in our glass. Indeed. What did we pick out this week? Well, we were going to go to the bottom shelf. Well, bottom shelf is such a, it seems like such a. A, a terrible a, thing to say. It kind of is, yeah. Okay, let's call it something different. The, it's the, not the actually the first shelf. The, the first, the first, first, first. People the first of many. First, let's just call it the first shelf. First class. One right? is, the, is the, the loneliest number. <laughs> it's not it, working. Uh, one's a great number. It's the first number. Yeah, that's where we found this bullet rye. A shelf. It's such a go. It's just yeah. a go to. It's just drinkable. Yeah, and so it's bullet. Yeah. is the name of it. Bullet rye. Yep. Trevor, B u l l e i t. Frontier whiskey, straight American rye whiskey. Mm-hmm. They make this in Indiana, don't they? I have no idea. They make great wine in Indiana. Yes, that's how. <laughs> I'm sorry, not in, yes. There is distilled in Lawrenceburg, Indiana. How about that? But it's bottled in Plainfield, Illinois. Well, some Midwest goodness. We have uh, it's so wholesome t- and down to earth, isn't it? It is. We have a taste that's exceptionally smooth with hints of vanilla, honey, and spice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And here we are again with the rye being 95% rye and 5% malted barley, which is why I think some things are called straight rye that are just the rye, but most ryes that you get have a little bit of something else in them. Make so it this up. has just 5%. Just make it up, Trevor. You're doing 5% great. malted barley. If you speak with confidence, you can make the <laughs> most in, uh, incomplete facts sound true. Can so. you? Or, we, are, or well, we, are, we are seeing can. this happen a lot. You can. <laughs> See what I did there? That was good. Yes, okay. you can. So bullet rye, it's delicious. It's a delicious, it affordable way to cut your teeth on a rye. Absolutely. You could drink it all night long. Yeah. And get in trouble. We may. Maybe. It's 10 o'clock. Yeah. I mean, why not? Why not? It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Am I right, fellas? You're <laughs> so right. <laughs> so what happened uh, last week at the roasting room, Jordan? We had a great turnout for both Friday and Saturday show. On Friday night, we had Schema. They were up here, uh, J.P. Treadaway, his instrumental band. They were here and had about 42, 43 people up here. Sweet. So it was good. Good turnout. And they put on a good show. Do you have anything that we could listen to? I do. Oh, Let's have perfect. a listen to the board recording. This week's audio. They... Schema. Again, this was... They, they announced that this song was the first song that they wrote together. And these are compositions again, right? I mean, they're, yes. they're not. They, they maybe move into imp- improvisational modes at times, right. but most of these are, are written songs. Yes, 
they have different sections, just like jazz would. They have a, a part A, a part B, part right. C, back to part A, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, this song is about nine minutes long, and it's most of them were. Most of them were seven to, to ten minutes. So I'm just going to, of course, play just a snippet of it. But I don't have a title for it. We'll call it Song One. stuff groovy delicious and groovy makes my pants want a boogie <laughs> it's groovy yeah. so true my pants are bugging over here the whole time yeah they did a lot of of um time changes and and to keep it interesting yeah yeah they did some fun stuff they had dual lead guitars bouncing back and forth i listened to the board recording through most of it and they did like he he we talked to JP last week right. and he talked about doing the cover of Billy Jean going into Crazy Train all that stuff they played that and it was very interesting how yeah. they weaved all that together it's, th- those are those are uh, tunes that typically would not get meddled no <laughs> right no I love it that's but good. they had they had harmony guitars playing the melody like they had a melody and a harmony guy going along it was really cool are you fellows familiar with the the band the 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 Bad Plus no, no. Nope. One of these the days, I'll play that as my selection at the end of the podcast. Sounds like today's the day. Oh, okay. Well, uh, they that is a jazz band trio, uh, traditional jazz band that takes uh, modern rock covers, but does them in the most far-out fashion. In the same vein, have you heard of Hayseed Dixie? I love e- the name. Yes. And I have heard the heard They do ACDC. Bluegrass? Bluegrass. And... I mean, kill killer it. players, yeah. killer yeah. players. Huh. Yeah, Hasey Dixie, it's awesome. Fantastic yeah. name. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. When anyway. they got to that, they stopped looking they any stopped. further. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but maybe we'll listen to both of them. All right, cool. To, to, uh, Who knows? Anyway. If ahead. time allows, we'll do that. <laughs> we'll see. Because <laughs> the podcast time restraint is it's pretty, it's it's pretty tight. strict. Oh, yes, that's right. It's tight. So that was Friday? Yep, that was Schema on Friday. Great show. Saturday night, sold out show. With a painter and poet, and as husband and wife, that's amazing. Sold out shows are good, man. Yeah, it's not easy to do. Just not easy to do. No. Well, I mean, all of these shows to the listeners are generally unknowns, and sure. anytime someone comes into this room for the first time and sells out the room, it's just—I mean, it's an incredible thing to do. It really yeah. is. And and for the bands especially, they were kind of losing their minds, like. What? How is this even thing? Like, Somebody is doing their work. Somebody's doing good work. Well, I know that as husband and wife had an entire congregation of people um, on Hilton Head in their, in their church that follow them around. They mm-hmm. are very active on Hilton Head. Good. So they, they brought a, a bunch of them. They, they marketed directly to those people. It's an easy sell. Right. Yeah. Easy sell for them. Um, so let's play... I have a clip of As Husband and Wife playing Words to Say, which is their first single. We'll call it off of their EP. It's all for you. 
good. Pretty. Yeah. Beautiful. I was <laughs> mixing this down, and I literally choked up. When that cello came in, I it I lost you. it. Man. You're feeling it. And I wasn't. I was being very mechanical in my mixing, and I'm like, whoa, this is. T-. I wasn't expecting it. Nice. I mean, I saw that there was a cello part in there, but I didn't know when it was coming in, what it was going to do. And when it hit, I was like, ah, I can't. It's an emotional instrument, the cello. Absolutely. It is. It is. It really oh, yeah. Is. It was just, it, you know, it when I hear, caught me off guard. When I hear cello or any strings, it's, you know, when it's really well mic'd or whatever, and you can hear the rosin, mm-hmm. it, it always strikes me as distortion. And I hear it's like the first distortion pedal was rosin hmm. you know like you can hear the the distortion in right. the frequencies and the vibration of, yeah. of strings and, and that that distortion it's beautiful i love it so as husband and wife brought it and painter and poet did too it was a great show they had a sellout crowd i mean we couldn't put any more people up in this place not a sellout crowd but they okay. sold it out right it, it sounds bad <laughs> they, when you, oh, yes. they had a sellout crowd they weren't they the people that were here were not sellouts <laughs> right whatever that means anyway right whatever that means anyways so they sold the place out. Sold it out, man. Congratulations. That's great. amazing. Yeah. It's good stuff. So, Trevor, you're I'm picking a there. song tonight, buddy. Trevor He's, is in charge of the... The one that I'm looking for is... Uh, for people who don't to listen be... to our podcast every week, for the new people, yes. we talk what, what about... What do we do at the end? We talk about music that we just happen to be randomly enjoying. And mm-hmm. we mentioned this, and so this is becoming the <laughs> random enjoyment song. I'm not doing well at the moment. While you're I still looking, let's let's talk about a couple of more things that are coming up. You do that. I'm going to try to find Perfect. what I'm looking two for. Two okay. weeks out. What we got? Uh, two weeks out. Where are we at? That would be the 20... Nope, that's the 18th. That's, we're talking about Jay Edwards. Jay Edwards and their management approached me long ago about doing a show routing issues didn't work out so this time it did work he is from arkansas and is identical to chris stapleton he's like chris stapleton unknown like chris stapleton with steel drivers that's what he sounds like his voice is insane cool jay edwards is gonna play just solo acoustic gonna blow the roof off this place wow yeah he's really good and Molly Stevens is going to open. She was going to open, and she has opened for Gabe Dixon. The last time that he was here, Molly opened for him. Um, she used to be with Molly and me and has played in Bluffton before. Got it. Now she's just a solo act. She's from Macon. She's done with big me. Big voice. Big, big voice. Um, so we're going to have two major voices on Friday. We don't have a Saturday show. What? No. We had a cancellation and couldn't fill it. Bummer. Yeah, so we will have just a Friday show next week. Mm. Not wow. this one. Yeah. Jay Take Edwards. that Saturday and do something with it. Do something else. Yeah. We'll do a, I don't know. We're going to do a trio. The, thir- the three of us are going to play on Saturday. No, are we? That's not true. <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> that's not true. We all work. Disregard that comment. <laughs> so I found, you found uh, <clears throat> well, yes. Yeah, so the album that I, one of my favorite albums of theirs. Uh, so again, this band is the Bad Plus. as their three-piece acoustic um piano bass drums they do a lot of they write a lot of their own songs but they also are kind of famous for playing covers uh the album this is the album prog uh that's not on spotify so i had to pull it out of my own catalog uh, just listening to one song or a portion of songs not really going to do it justice but we'll do it anyway so see if we can figure out uh what this song is okay let's do it let's do it
Nice, man. That's good stuff. That's fun. Yeah, it's fun. It's uh, it's it's far out. It gets far out. Yeah, it's jazz. You know, like back in the day, and I and I think the idea of what jazz is has changed a lot in the last. I'm gonna go 20 years, maybe. Because I remember, you know, just being so tired of when you go hear jazz, it being all the things you are and, you know, all of the, you know, standard A-train kind of just tired jazz songs, you know, like, and it's so cool that the vocabulary of what the songbook is has expanded to include the new pop songs, mm-hmm. you know, like, like, like that or, mm-hmm. or, or anything for that matter. Uh, I mean, jazz... It doesn't have to be from the real book. It can, right. it, it, and it's better when it's not. I, I yeah. it's such a cool thing that that's happening. To interpret in jazz. something that's yeah. not meant to be that. I mean, they 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 do uh, they do Lithium by Nirvana and right. Iron Man by whoever that is, Black Sabbath. But and you know, they, it's no disrespect to Duke Ellington. I mean, those no, no. you have to know those songs. Yeah, 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 but yeah. they you picked a melody. I mean, Duke right. did. They picked a melody and then they built a thing around it. Right. They just did the same thing that's here. Right. Just a yeah. melody that we know now. Sure, that's right. You know, it's not a hundred years old. <laughs> Right. right. I mean, well, really. it, it it's 80, 80 years old. Yeah. Those forty, those songs I mean, from nineteen forty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. But some of those are drawing old. from even older melodies. Right. right. It's absolutely. The thing. Good choice, Trev. Nice. Thanks. Trev. I mean, we're bringing some culture into this place. That's finally. right. Finally. finally. <laughs> that's what I, said. I think he said finally. <laughs> I don't know that that's true. I think this place is is is. is we're getting there. It's nice. We're getting there. Wait, we're bringing a jazz band in here on Saturday night. Some jazz and bluegrass. Bring it. Looking forward to it. Oh, and Kim Ritchie's show is going to be so good. I will be here with bells on. Yeah, Jordan will be the guy who's got the big grin on. We'll all be here. Yep, yeah. I'll be here. You might want to not move if you're really wearing bells, because that would be distracting to the <laughs> it show. It would be. I'll, I'll leave them at the door. Okay. Speaking of that, there's a sign now that says, the band is being recorded, quiet please. Yes, so. that was that was a needed addition. Mm-hmm. I think that, that folks, if they are told when they come in, they forget. That yeah. oh we should be we should continue to be quiet not just when we first start so yeah we're gonna even hang a, some other stuff too just to kind of get maybe people. you should get one that says uh, please tuck your bells away <laughs> <laughs> it's like the first drink it's like you know it brings out like the college person and as you have the second and third you kind of uh-huh. go back a grade year every <laughs> yeah right is. yeah but like the fifth drink you're like you can't you're junior in high school yeah. and you right. just can't get right yeah so. I think uh, the tenth episode is concluded. That's it. Dun, 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 yeah. dun. Bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> For the Roasting Room Soundboard, I am Jordan Ross. I'm Todd Cowart. I'm Trevor Harden. Two and a four, friends. <laughs> <laughs>